You could debate whether this was the biggest game in women's basketball program history tonight. You cannot debate that this was the biggest win. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Holy cow, what a game that we just watched. For those of uh, those of you joining us live on the YouTube live stream, what a game. What a performance from the Hoosiers as they knock off Iowa to remain unbeaten at home. Just one loss on the season. An incredible performance from the Hoosiers. And like I said, Debate about it being the biggest game in program history, possibly, but this was unquestionably the biggest win in program history. Before we dive into all that, I didn't even welcome you guys. Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen or for joining us on this YouTube live stream. I want to give a big shout out to our friends at FanDuel, the sponsor of today's episode. We're excited to have them along. No better time to join to get that no sweat first bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. The Hoosiers, boy, we're going we're gonna to sing their praises in this one. Because no matter what you keep throwing at this Indiana women's basketball team, they keep coming away with victories. Again and again and again, they answer the bell, they answer the challenge, whatever you want to call it. This team continues to impress, continues to do everything that is asked of them. 87 to 78 is the final. The Hoosiers led for 20, uh, or excuse me, they, yes, they led for 21 minutes and 33 seconds. This game had a bunch of lead changes. It was tied for almost 10 minutes. Uh, It was back and forth. It was a close game through most. But the Hoosiers end up pulling away in the second half, and specifically the third quarter. Uh, It was dead even at halftime, and then Hoosiers win the third third quarter by five, fourth quarter by four to come away with the win. There's a lot of places you can start in this one, but Mackenzie Holmes, Grace Berger, uh, uh, those were star performances. It was undoubtedly Grace Berger's best game of the season. Mackenzie Holmes was just another ho-hum, 24-6 and six on 10 of 17 shooting. I kind of want to save some of that talk for the second segment. What we can talk about, this team, we keep talking about the defense, and they keep playing phenomenal defense against everybody. Iowa shoots 48.4%, which is decent. Uh, the Hoosiers gave up a fair amount of offensive rebounds and second chance points. But this is an Iowa team that we talked about on uh, Thursday's episode that is one of the best offenses in the country. And to hold them to 78 points was phenomenal work by the Hoosiers. Six of 23 shooting from the field. You can look at the two big stars for Iowa to see how successful the Hoosiers were in defending. Caitlin Clark finishes with 35 points. She needed 28 shots to do it. 
12 of 28 shooting. You take that every day of the week. Like, um, you can make your jokes and whatnot. We talked on Thursday, Thursday's episode. Caitlin Clark is a very good player. She, uh, shoots with reckless abandon at times and for better and often for worse. And so she goes 12 of 28 from the field, three of 11 from three. Uh, she had 10 assists and four rebounds, but eight turnovers, uh, was nearly a team worse plus minus at minus nine. So that, that is as good of defense as you're going to play on her. Ignore the 35 points, that part of it, because I mean, if you're taking 28 shots, nobody else on the team had more than eight. So she was just kind of the bulk of the team's offense. If you're going to take 28 shots to score just 35 points, you take that from Clark. Monica Sinano is the one that the Hoosiers absolutely shut down. She finishes with just six points. We talked a lot about her in the lead up to this game. We talked a lot about her in yesterday's episode with Wyatt Crozier. She destroyed Indiana last season, and she was a complete non-factor. The Hoosiers and McKenzie Holmes... Look, we said last year that a lot of it was because Holmes wasn't healthy, that Sonano was having as much success as she did. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Sonano, six points on three of six shooting, seven rebounds, fouled out of the game, had four turnovers. Iowa had absolutely no answer for Mackenzie Holmes. Sonano among those, and just thoroughly dominated in that regard. So if you hold... Sonano and Clark combined to 41 points on 15 of 34 shooting. Yeah, you take that. 100 times out of 100, you're going to win the game if you hold them to 41 points and well below 50% shooting. The Hoosiers were phenomenal on that end of the court, as they have been time and time again this season. It's just this team, Terry Morin said something leading up to this game about how not to disparage last season's team, but this season's team has a, a toughness to it that was not there last year. And these are the types of games you see it. They were challenged tonight. They came up against one of the very best players in the country, one of the best teams in the country, and they controlled a good chunk of that game. They led for more than they trailed by far. Uh, and they, especially in that second half, really controlled that game. The result is that they now sit at 23-1 and on the season, but more importantly, 13-1 and in the Big Ten. Iowa is 11-2, and a game and a half back. Maryland is 10-3. and So IU just took a really big step forward towards the Big Ten title. We're going to continue kind of monitoring this because now we are getting pretty close to a point where game by game this can drastically change. IU still has to go to Ohio State next week. They have another trip to Iowa at the end of the season. But if they win their games and things play out right, that Iowa game doesn't even matter. They can win the Big Ten title before they even have to go to Iowa, which takes a ton of pressure off that game for the Hoosiers. Because otherwise, going to Iowa to have to win to win the Big Ten title or some type of scenario like that, That is a tall task. But, I mean, with these Hoosiers, they could do it. Like, they very well may just do it. So, impressive yet again from them. Let's talk more about Mackenzie Holmes, about Grace Berger. Man, 
I, I'm going to run out of superlatives to describe them because that was phenomenal from them. Before we do that, let's talk about our, our sponsor for today, FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new, this is the best time to sign up. They have, for Super Bowl 57, a no-sweat first bet, which means you can make your first bet and... If it doesn't win, you get back $3,000 in bonus bets. There's no catch. You, it's just free money for bonus bets. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to the player props. It's a perfect time to join. Perfect time to get started. Join now. Make a bet for the IU game on Saturday. If it doesn't hit, you have a ton of free money to use on the Super Bowl on Sunday. The app is safe, simple, secure, super easy to use. You get your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Big shout-out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out Locked on Hoosier, or excuse me, you're already here at Locked on Hoosiers. Locked on College Basketball. I was on the episode on Thursday talking about the men's team. These last two podcasts have been all about the women's team. So if you want some men's basketball talk, head on over there. Uh, that'll um, that'll suffice, I hope, for men's basketball. But they have everything you need to know. Coaches, insiders, experts, players. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube, wherever you guys uh, get your podcasts. Where do you start with McKenzie Holmes and Grace Berger, man? 50 points on 20 of 37 shooting. That's your, I mean, we just mentioned uh, it's it comes down to a lot more than that. But Clark and Sonano have 41 on 15 of 34 shooting. Berger and Holmes have 50 on 20 of 34 shooting. The, that is kind of the simplified version of tonight. I think the, the bigger thing is that simply Iowa relies a lot on Clark and Sonano, and the Hoosiers have a lot of other people uh, who, who can step up and make some plays. But it's all a lot easier when your stars are playing like stars. And boy, what a, what a game, what a performance from both of them Holmes did it over both halves we spoke uh, about the level of consistency she plays with every game you can expect you know 24 points six rebounds on 10 of 17 shooting the exact line she had tonight and then you'll get 22 and 9 on like 11 of 14 shooting whatever it is it's always the same kind of level of production uh that you just can come to rely on it. Shouldn't be this normal for someone to just get 24 and seven or 20 and 10 or whatever it ends up being. But Holmes, her just array of post moves. She came up against one of the best post players offensively um, tonight and just dominated. There was no competition. You can bet that there was probably some, Revenge on the mind in this one uh, with how Sonato dominated 
last week or last year, excuse me. So I'm certain that Holmes was pretty motivated coming into this one. Uh, Terry Morin was certain to point out she was not healthy in last year's game. Um, the, and she showed that when she's healthy, she more than holds her own. So she finishes with 24 points, 12 in each half, five of eight, uh, in the first half, five of nine in the second half that paints the picture. She is consistent throughout. Unbelievable. She was in foul trouble though, especially, uh, toward the latter stages of the game. She got her, she got into foul trouble. We don't need to talk about the officiating. It's poo-poo is I'll keep it PG in case you're listening with family. It is not good. It was atrocious tonight. Uh, there was a lot of bias, I think, in how Clark was officiated versus how Berger was officiated. And I don't even like making this as an excuse because it comes across as you're like, I, I, I just don't like talking about referees, but this conference continues to make referees the central talking point. So it's nonsense. Uh, there, That was not an even whistle for Clark and Berger and Holmes they weren't getting the same types of calls. And you you can look at Holmes's fourth foul as an example. Uh, Clark jumps, throws herself to the ground. Holmes kind of jumped to contest, didn't touch the ball, didn't touch Clark, foul on Holmes, her fourth foul. We don't come here to watch the refs. We come here to watch the players. And I wish that was a stance taken more often don't insert yourself into the game as much as you do nobody wants to watch the refs but unfortunately they got involved Holmes got into foul trouble IU in a really critical time really needed someone to step up and my god did Grace Berger step up she has her best game of the season best game one of her very best games of her career in Bloomington and Finishes with 26 points on 10 of 20 shooting, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, played 39 minutes. In the second half, she had 19 points and 6 rebounds. Uh, Third quarter, she had 12 points, 7 in the fourth. When IU needed someone to step up, it was Grace Berger. And when IU went on its run to put some cushion in this game, it was Grace Berger. So, she is phenomenal. It is unbelievable what she does for this team. It's not always shown statistically, and anyone who's watched IU knows how much better this team plays with her on the court versus without. Um, I've seen it described on Twitter as she's kind of the adult in the room, which I not to insinuate that anyone else's children, but she's the one that has the experience and knows what to do in every situation, never gets sped up. And the result in a game like tonight, when emotions are high, she goes out and puts together one of the best games of her career. I mean, considering the circumstances, that very well might be the best game of her career. Uh, And so phenomenal from her, phenomenal from McKenzie. It's hard to overstate just how big of an impact those two have night in and night out. This was a win that's going to go down in history. Uh, for the program and to have Berger and Holmes this central in it is fitting to say the least. 
There's a number of other players you can single out. Chloe Moore McNeil uh, didn't shoot the ball well, was one of eight shooting, but went eight of eight at the line. The one make was a three, so she has 11 points, nine rebounds, three assists. She was the one tasked most often with defending Caitlin Clark. And again, we talked about it, defended her about as well as you could. She's going to get hers at times. She's going to have some crazy shots at times. But uh, you just got to not get down on yourself when she makes shots. Chloe didn't. And so that was as good as you can defend. And Chloe was um, one of the people most responsible for that. Sarah Scalia came in. She defended Caitlin Clark a fair amount too. Also knocked down a couple threes, hit a couple free throws. She had eight points. Sydney Parrish was in foul trouble all night. Only played 21 minutes and had five fouls. Same goes for Garzon. She only played 24 minutes and had five fouls. Uh, Parrish uh, finishes with eight points. Just kind of spread it out over the game. Uh, Garzon also had eight points, but all of it came in the fourth quarter. Hit a pair of three-pointers. Made a, I believe, a layup as well. And clutch baskets from her, she ultimately does foul out. So there were a number of players that had to step up and play some really big minutes. Scalia played 32 minutes. Sandvik played five minutes. Uh, Lily Meister played four minutes. Bargesser got in for a little bit. Um, there were a lot of players that had to step in in big, big moments. And this is what you prepare for. These are the games you prepare for. And a, a lot of people stepped up in a big way in this one. So what a night, what a win this team. So much fun to root for so much fun to watch. This is earnestly again. I, you can't overstate this. Uh, one of the very best teams in the country. Uh, you see more and more, um, people analysts talking about how uh good this team is basically how much they're probably a lock for a number one seed outside of south carolina they mean they may be the team that is a lock for the number one seed the most so this team is getting some of the respect it deserves we talked a lot on uh thursday's episode I don't think the announcing bathed itself in glory when it came to some of the problems we talked about that Terry Morin talked about. There was a lot of talk about Caitlin Clark. And again, she had 35 points. She was the third best player on the court tonight. Grace Berger and McKenzie Holmes were better players. And it wasn't until the very end of the game when everything was done that they started to get any sort of credit. And even then it came with don't count. Iowa out. Caitlin Clark's done this before when they were down eight with 40 seconds left or nine with 40 seconds left. And she hadn't done hardly anything. It's, uh, it's frustrating to watch. It turns Caitlin Clark kind of into this villain figure. And I don't want to reiterate all the points I made yesterday, but it turns a lot of people against Caitlin Clark and doesn't give people other players the shine they deserve. Grace Berger, McKenzie Holmes deserve all the shine tonight. Two of the very best players in the country led IU to the biggest win in program history. That's what the talking point should be too often, and especially in this game. It's Caitlin Clark. It's the officiating. It's whatever. The Big Ten and women's basketball have some things to sort out to really continue taking steps forward. 
IU men have a game <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, we're going to do kind of a brief preview of that one as they travel to Michigan. We'll do that here in just a moment. Let's talk about the Hoosiers men's team as they look to continue their winning ways of late. Uh, they travel to Michigan and to Ann Arbor on Saturday. A game that the Hoosiers still kind of struggled on the road. It's a, I don't really understand why. It's kind of this, uh, I don't want to say curse, but like they just don't look comfortable on the road when they, excuse me, when they go, I mean, even to Minnesota. A bad Minnesota team gave them everything they could handle. So they'll go to Michigan, 6 o'clock tip, ESPN on Saturday. It's a Michigan team that, not great. Uh, they are 14-10 and 10 on the season. They are 8-5. and five. They're one of the teams that's in this muck in the uh, in the Big Ten. They're technically tied for second in the conference. Um, whatever you want to put into that because the rest of the conference is very kind of mid right now. But it's not a team playing nearly as well as IU is. Uh, they are on a three-game win streak, but it's a win over Northwestern at, on the road, a win over Ohio State. Ohio State is a, just atrocious. Uh, they are now down to 11-12 and 12 and 3-9 and nine overall. And then a win over Nebraska at home. So... They've had their fair share of hiccups this season. They lost to Penn State. They got blown out by Penn State on the road. They lost to Purdue at home. They lost to Maryland on the road. They lost to Iowa on the road. They lost to Michigan State on the road. So they've had a lot of similar results to Indiana without as many of the highs. They haven't beat Rutgers. They haven't beat Purdue. They haven't even played Rutgers. They didn't beat Purdue. Uh, things like that. They don't have it. their best win is that Ohio State win. And Ohio State's somehow 34th in Ken Palm. Ohio State is not the 34th best team in the country. If you look past that, it's Northwestern, who they've beaten twice. Maryland at home early in the year, and their road and away splits are so bizarre. And then you're looking at, like, Pittsburgh. They, they just don't have the resume that Indiana does. So that was a lot of words to say Indiana should feel better Comf pretty comfortable going into this game. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson is there, and everybody knows about him. And he's he gave IU some problems in the regular season game last year, and then IU got the better of them in the uh, Big Ten tournament game. If you're Trey Jackson Davis is going to be pumped up for this one. It's uh. It's going to be an interesting matchup between these two. If we look at the kind of the Ken Palm stats of Michigan, I can throw these on the screen right now, actually, so you guys can take a look as well. But the um, the I'm trying to get it pulled up. The Wolverines this year. There we go. Wolverines this year. Uh are a very kind of mid team. If you look over at conference stats, they're fourth in the Big Ten in efficiency. Uh, they are eighth in defensive efficiency. They turn the ball over a lot, don't create turnovers. They offensive rebound well, but don't 
keep teams off the glass. Uh, atrocious at putting people on the line. Second worst in the conference. They get to the line uh, an all right amount. They actually have the lead over IU now in terms of three-point shooting. I'd imagine it's marginal. IU's right about that same figure. They don't allow a lot of or very good three-point shooting. I really don't know how much that matters to IU. It's such a low volume that, like, it's hard to really even extrapolate that at all. Uh, They don't shoot well at the free throw line. They don't get blocked a lot because of Hunter Dickinson. But they, I mean, dead last in steal percentage. That's a lot of live ball turnovers. And that's getting none of them. And IU has kind of struggled with turnovers a bit. So this shouldn't be a game where you give up turnover or give up the ball often. This is not a team that forces turnovers. So as we said, Hunter Dickinson, uh, that was all IU. That makes a lot more sense. I was like, damn, this team, this team looks a lot like IU. I shared the wrong screen. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's share the right screen this time. Uh, I'll give a, a much quicker run through on this one. Wondered why that all those stats look so similar. I was like, damn, this is the same team as IU. What is happening? You guys can see on this uh, a team that shoots the ball decently well, doesn't turn it over, uh, doesn't get blocked. They actually don't turn it over after everything I said. Uh, but they're a, an average defensive team. They don't create many turnovers. They do defend the three well. They don't get any steals. So. Uh, you can see Hunter Dickinson down here, uh, one of the best players in the country, but ultimately I like the matchup of Trace Jackson Davis against him. Um, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Trace approaches this. He's on a tear right now and he, uh, there isn't anybody I would want more right now. And so to give him any sort of extra motivation is uh, good luck <laughs> is what I'll say. Good luck on that one. So that game will tip off 6 p.m. on Saturday and we won't go live after the game. Won't be live until or won't next show won't be until Monday because the women don't play until Monday. So. We'll be back after this Super Bowl weekend with another episode recapping IU's game against Michigan, previewing the women's game. Thanks again for making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe, whether uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast, on YouTube, whatever it is. Appreciate all the love you guys continue to give us. It's almost March Madness. It's going to be a fun one with both the men's and women's teams. So uh, be sure you guys are subscribed so you can join in on all this madness. As always, guys, have a great weekend. What a fun one for Indiana. Enjoy this win. Hope the men's team can follow it up with one as well. Most importantly, though, LEO.